We're in week three, talking about the power of vision, and what we're also mostly talking about vision, what the Bible says about it, and how you can walk out your purpose, the purpose that God has for your life. It's gonna take vision to do that, because without vision, you can't see your purpose. So we're gonna talk today, we've been defining vision for the last couple weeks, I wanna to talk to you today about how to literally walk out and fulfill vision. So this is really important. You know, there's, there's different questions that people have. People ask all the time, how do you know what the will of God is? Tony, how, how do I know what God's will for my life is? How does the Holy Spirit lead you? A lot of believers don't know how he leads them. How do you make yourself sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Because being led by the Spirit is not a bunch of principles, it's a sensitivity that you maintain. How do you make decisions that you must make when God's Word doesn't specifically speak about that? You know, you're going, you're looking for a job and you get two job offers. But there's not a scripture in the Bible that tells you to go to work at PayPal versus Yahoo or whatever, right? So how do you, how do you when you have to make decisions and live, how does that work? When, the, when God's word's not giving you specific guidance, giving, who do you marry, Come on. right? Who do you, what, what church do you go to? So many believers are trying to figure out these life foundations on their own feelings or emotions, and people have questions about that. What about others giving you counsel? How does that work, right? How, do I need to just get a bunch of people's opinion? How does that really work? How can you know is if your life is being governed by God's plans and purposes. You know you're supposed to know. But how? How do I know these things? So today we're going to discuss how do you know the voice of God? How, do you, how are you led by the Spirit of God? How do you follow God's will for your life? How do I know the leading of the Holy Spirit? I'm telling you, you have to. It's, it's imperative. So we're going to talk about that. And, and see, the reason why we say that is people are in different places. You have many believers, literally many believers, they don't really care about the will of God for their life. They just want to go to heaven. And, and that's just where they are. Then you have other people that are so stressed out about the will of God for their life that they're over on another, you know, they just really want to walk it out, and they're just, you know, I got to know everything, and they're trying to micromanage their faith, and there's no rest, there's nothing but toil. So how do you stay in the middle of the road? Here's the thing. God, he is the master at meeting you right where you are. So whether you're sitting there today going, you know what, you know, I don't, I just want to do my thing, but I want to go to heaven. So, you know, I had one young man tell me in California, and, and he didn't know the Lord, uh, and, you know, he was at youth group one night, 
And uh, when I was a youth pastor, and he just kind of sitting there, you know, and just, you could tell he, he was made to come. And, uh, and I said, so I talked to him afterwards. I said, so what's your deal? I go, what do you believe about God? And he goes, I believe this. God and I have an agreement. I won't mess with him as long as he doesn't mess with me. And, you know, I went on to tell him, I said, well, you know, you might think you have an agreement. But I go, God loves you. And he's always going to be messing with you because he wants you to have life, right? So wherever a person is at, God wants you to move to a place so that you can discover who you are. Because I got to tell you, your spirit, man, if you're born again, longs and hungers and desires to passionately pursue and know God. And, and you just have this desire deep within your spirit to walk out his plan for your life. And so many times we get up to here with us because we live out of our flesh and we're self-centered or selfish and it dulls us spiritually. But the Lord will help you because the reality of it is you are one of a kind and God has an incredible plan for your life. And he is the one As you get to know him, you'll get to know you, and he will define your identity. And so your identity will no longer be defined by your race, by your culture, by maybe your how much money you have or where you grew up or whatever. It won't be defined by that. Many people's lives are defined by the scars that the enemy has brought into their life. And God is saying, no, 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 no. He says this over and over and over and over. He says, behold, I make all things new. And that's the way it is with him. You are a world overcomer. You're one of a kind. Precious, so precious that he sent, the God of the universe sent his son to die in your place so that you could know him. So we're going to talk about these things. But here is the governing principle in the Word of God. This is, this is the foundation of you knowing the voice of God, following God's will for your life, all of these things. The governing principle is revealed in the life of Jesus. And it's this, that he was entirely and totally committed to the will of God. Completely. He was entirely committed to following God's will for his life. And that's why he was able to know who he was and walk out God's plan for his life. Because remember, he walked, although he's the creator, he's God, he's the creator of the universe, he set all that aside and he came to this earth. He took upon a form of a man so he could redeem us. He did everything on this earth as a man. He was a man sent by God, anointed by God. He showed us how a man was to live on this earth who's anointed by God. So we should look at his example. To become sensitive enough to follow the will of God and know the voice of God, you must be totally committed, totally consecrated, totally dedicated to the will of God for your life. 
In other words, it's like Alexander the Great. When they would go to conquer someone, they, it was said of him, they pulled up to this one country and he burnt all the ships. And he said, there's no, there's no plan B. We're taking this country and we're going home another way. We're not hopping on a boat if we're losing a battle. That's the way it is for you as a child of God. There is no option. There's an option giver in your life that will come. He's an outlaw. His name is Satan. And he'll throw thoughts to try to ignite your flesh or your feelings or your emotions to try to get you living for yourself. You were never created that way. That'll blind you. It'll keep you from knowing the will of God, from knowing his voice, from following his plan. This is the thing. In order to become sensitive enough, you have to take all the options out of your life and make a decision. I am totally committed to walk out God's plan for my life. When you do that, now, do you have to know how to walk out God's plan? Nope. Do you have to know how to hear his voice or be sensitive to him? No. That's the Holy Spirit's job is to teach you all that, but he can't do it unless you step in. And it's, I'm telling you, there's nothing better because he has created a life for you that's of the quality of life that he has. We call it the Zoe life of God. The word consecration literally means to place your life on the altar and present your body and your life a living sacrifice to God, holding nothing back for yourself. See, the reason why we're having so much trouble walking and living by faith, walking in the love of God, walking in the strength of God, receiving our inheritance, walking in the blessings of God, being led by the Spirit of God, the reason why is we have not made that decision to start the process. I do not have an option to not walk in love. That's not an option in my life. If I ever take that option, I jump right back because my spirit man goes, what are you doing? Right? And I've learned, I've learned the short time I've been on this earth that that is not the way to live. It, it's not an option for me to have unforgiveness. It's not an option for me not to honor God in every arena of my life. It's not an option for me to go do something else. What this means is I'm going to go wherever he wants me to go. And I'm not going to go where he doesn't want me to go. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to say what he wants me to say. I'm going to follow his plan for my life. See, when you do this, you've just now positioned yourself to hear the voice of God. So many times, revelation of the Word of God is hindered in a believer's life because they're trying to gain revelation by trying to figure it out in their mind. And all of a sudden, they start looking at the Bible and trying to make it say what they want it to say. 
instead of just longing to find out, God, what are you saying? Because your words are life to me, right? I'm not here to please myself. See, here's the cool thing. You're not about pleasing yourself. You're not about holding anything back for you. You love unconditionally. You're not expecting anything in return that way. And you do that with a big smile on your face because you're not expecting anything back from here, but you're a tree planted by rivers of living water. So while you're giving out, expecting nothing back on the outside, he's bringing it all back on the inside. And it's wonderful. And you're fearless. And you're immovable. And you're far from oppression because you will not fear. And now no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn it. Why? You don't condemn the person because you love the person. You just condemn the tongue. You walk as Jesus walked. That's the goal. There must be a total and entire commitment to walk out God's will for your life. Otherwise, you're going to start doing things that, well, you, you play the charismatic Christian game. You know, I was walking and a bird chirped right when the part of a, a rainbow came. And then these clouds kind of formed a little thing. And oh man, I just felt like I'm to do this. And, and you're like going, okay, but what's going to happen when you step out and all of a sudden there's no cloud that's white and puffy in the form of a spelled out victory no no it's 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 like it's like dark and you can't see anything and there's waves and wind and fire and goliaths and all this stuff you if you're going by your feelings you're going to just run and and i got to tell you there's going to be dark and rivers and water and wind and rain and furnaces and goliaths and lions and bears all the, it's all going to come and none of it is to move you because you realized that God already finished everything before I even got started. And we're going to talk more about that. John chapter 5 in verse 19 was Jesus' example. In John 5, 19, it says this, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Now think about that. Here is the guy, who, the God who created everything. He created the planet that he's standing on, and he's saying the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for what things soever he does... These also doeth the Son likewise. He's like, here is the way I live. I can't do anything of myself, but I can do everything that I see my Father do. That's a pretty big statement. Could you imagine? These people are like, well, first of all, what do you mean Father? He's Jehovah. He's not your Father. And what are you saying? You can do everything that He can do? That's exactly what Jesus said. In John chapter 6, 
in verse 38. He said this, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. You know, that'd be a great, great scripture for you and I to live by. Because listen, you and I were born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Right? But we're here not to do our will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus, here's a big statement, Jesus did not come to the earth to help you do your own thing. And right now, man, right now, if, you start, if you're not full of the word, in this time, the Bible talks about the last days, perilous times. Well, the last days started 2,000 years ago when Jesus came out of the grave. The church age started the last days. Well, now, the, in, in Timothy, it says in the final days. These are the final of the last days. They're not coming, they're here. Perilous times will come. That, that word perilous means dangerous and difficult and strength-reducing times will come. Why? Because men will be lovers of their own selves. They'll have a form of godliness, but they will deny the dunamis, the power. They'll deny the Holy Spirit's power. See, we're living in a time of great deception. Jesus said, in that day, multitudes are going to stand before him and go, wait a minute, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do that and all this stuff? And Jesus is going to go, I never genoscoed you. That's the Greek word. I never knew you intimately. He didn't say, I knew you for a while and then you walked away. He said, no, no, I never knew you. Could you imagine? There's going to be people that are going to be like, What? I thought I knew you. This is, this is why vision, it's a function of your heart. It'll, it, it's given to you by God so that you can see your purpose because it's big. And I don't care how old you are in age, chronologically, you're a child of God. All that means if you're older is man, you're going to walk in more maturity, more wisdom. Because why? The path of the righteous is one of increase. You will find the greatest strength, the greatest grace, the greatest help, the greatest ability from heaven when you're fully committed to doing God's will for your life. It's like you walk into a whole new room. The reason why we're not seeing what we should be seeing, the reason why the world that are hungry are not running to have their lives changed is because they're looking at a church of people that don't know who they are because they're not fully committed. They're still living this thing. I, I don't feel like going to church. I'm a little too busy. You know, I, I'm just, I'm too busy to read my word. You know, I mean, what do you, come on. You tell somebody, you're going to church on Wednesday? They'll look at you like, there's church on Wednesday? What? what you, your pastor preaches for an hour? Are you kidding me? Man, we're in and out in 45 minutes. Yeah, and what happens when Goliath comes? What happens when a storm comes? 
you won't know who you are and you won't even know who your enemy is. You might think, well, you know, God's allowing this in my life to teach me something. When all the time God's over here going, no, 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 no. I teach my children through my word. Right? Well, you know, I mean, it's appointed for, everybody has an appointment. It might just be their time to die. Well, we have everybody, it's appointed for man to die. But guess who sets that appointment? Because the Bible says you could, you could postpone that and lengthen your life. There's things you can do to shorten your life. God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that the enemy's doing. But no more, not in this place, right? The Holy Spirit will be your helper and your guide as you follow God's plan for your life. And you can do it. All you got to do is be willing and obedient. If you want to know if you're successful, get a mirror and fog it. And if it fogs, if you can breathe on it and it fogs, you are a world overcomer, successful, blessed, because the fact that you're here, see, God never starts anything until it's finished. The, the, and you got to know this about the Word of God. And you're going to know it because we're going to keep teaching it. The Holy Spirit will not help you to be selfish, self-centered, or self-willed. Now, we're charismatic Christians, so we're one God told me away from doing whatever we want to do, but have you ever noticed that does not help anything, does it? Have you ever stepped out there, playing church, you really want to do something, and you just go, well, praise God, I'm just going to do it. People get offended in church, and they leave. How funny is that? The mere fact that you're offended... I don't care if the pastor spits in your face. If you get offended, guess what that means? You don't love God's word. Oh, but are you kidding me? That pastor did this to me. Or, that, you know, I came to church, and man, the greeter kicked me when I walked in the door. If that offended you, you just grow up and realize it must mean I don't love God's word. I have options. And Satan loves it because it'll take you down a wrong path. Listen, God, his plan for 2020 for you is that you be above only and not beneath, that doors open that can't be shut. He'll shut doors that can't be opened. Nobody will ever be able to block you from doing what God has called you to do. It's to be increased in every arena. I mean, this is, this is big, and he wants you to just throw yourself on that altar and go, yeah, this is it. I'm holding nothing back for myself for me to live as Christ. Right? That's the road to peace, joy. Now, I'm not talking about earthly stuff. I'm talking about God's peace, God's joy, God's strength, the ability to love unlovable people, the ability to come into an individual's life where darkness has reigned for generations and you come in and bring the life of God and change everything. That will turn you on more than anything you'll ever imagine. And while you're about your father's business, he'll be about your business. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to live. But he won't help you do your own thing. 
John 14.10 says this. Jesus once again talking, John 14.10. He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Jesus never took credit for any, any miracle, anything he did on the earth. Can, can you take credit for anything? If anything good happens, guess what? It's not Tony. It's him. Man, I'll tell you, you lay hands on the sick and you see some wonderful things happen. Guess what? I'm not the healer. But I am his hands and I get the honor. And, and boy, I'll tell you, I, I'm holding nothing back for myself. So when he says do it, I do it. Right? Where he says go, I'll go. When he says say, I'll say, whatever. Because it's a fun ride. Jesus' life was one that was given over to do God's will, to speak God's will, and to speak God's word. I only say what I hear my Father say. You see this culminating in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus, right before he went to the cross, he went a little further in the Garden of Gethsemane and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this be possible, let this cup pass for me, but look at this, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, that's why Jesus walked the way that he walked. And that's the doorway for a whole new life for all of us. I love that. Until you are in this place, until you're in this place, I, English just doesn't seem to be doing it. I, this is the foundation. It took God decades to get me there. Well, not decades. Oh, well, yeah, decades, yeah, darn it. Because, you know, at 17 years old, I really got really serious about God, but I was still really serious about me. Then I went to Ramah, and I was really serious about God and really serious about me. It took Fairfield, Iowa, to get me over myself. That was my wilderness. But I'm so glad, because I'm over it. I'm over myself, and I live in him now. Now, perfect? Oh, no, I get silly and jump out here once in a while, but in, in, in minutes, sometimes seconds, I jump back. Right? But until you're in this place, it will be difficult for you to honor the voice of your God. It will be difficult for you to know how to follow the Spirit of God. So we, gotta, we, just, we just have to just go, okay. Remember, not trying to figure it out, because you can't. But the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And he's committed to you. He's committed to you to seeing you through your whole life. And when I mean your whole life, I mean your whole life. Way beyond just this earth. I love this story about D.L. Moody. There was a bunch of pastors that were going to have this big evangelical, evangelistic event. And D.L. Moody, man, what an evangelist. 
And, and so they were talking, and all these pastors are going, listen, in order for this event to be successful, to have this kind of an evangelistic event to get people saved, we must have D.L. Moody. And one pastor in this group is going, why do we need him? Does he have a monopoly on God? And then another pastor responded and said, no, he doesn't. But it's obvious from his lifestyle that God has a monopoly on him. And that, God wants to have a monopoly on you. That's it. None of us have a monopoly on God. He's got plenty to go around for all of us. The question is, can he have a monopoly on me? And that's what we're talking about, right? So let's jump over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29. You guys doing okay? God's word is so good. We're talking about how you are going to fulfill your vision and walk out God's plan and purpose for your life. Oh, I could tell you this, the God of heaven is very excited about you today. He's very excited. Many of you are on the path. Some of you are on the path, but man, you kind of been thinking about feelings and emotions and it just doesn't feel good and you're wondering if you're on the path. Right? Others of you are like, I don't really want to get on that path because I really want to do what I'm doing even though I'm miserable. Doesn't matter where you are. The question is where you're going. Right? And God will help you. Because you know who he's upset with of those three classes of people? None of them. He's just ready for you to get started. And he knows how to help you get there. Romans 8.29 says this. For whom he did foreknow. This, this Greek word foreknow means to know beforehand. Do you know who he knew beforehand? Every human being that would ever be born or will ever be born, God knew them before. Right? Those that he knew before, he also did predestinate. This Greek word means he pre-planned and predetermined something for them. What? It goes on to say, he pre-planned, he predetermined them to be conformed to the image of his Son. Every human being that would ever live, God already had a plan in place for them to be fashioned like unto the very resemblance of Jesus. Everyone. That, why did he do that? That Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. It's real interesting. The Bible calls him the only begotten Son of God right up until he came out of the grave. And now he's the first begotten. In other words, God foreknew you. He called you before he ever created the foundation of this earth. God predestined you, which means because he knew you and knew about you ahead of time, he established a plan for your life before you were ever born. Now think about God 
he's, he's kind of a master planner. The Bible says he spoke words over your life and laid it out. Kind of like when he said, light be and this be. And Do you know everything God says comes to pass? It's there. It's, a, it's, it's forever settled in heaven. Do you know he laid out every day of your life? He's got a plan for your life. The question is, though, are you going to walk out the plan? Or are you going to live for yourself? That's the question of everybody. Well, I, you know, I can't do this because I'm just not, you know, I just don't like to be seen of people. Okay, well, as soon as you get the pride out of your life, you'll, you'll be fine with that. Oh, no, I could never be on the worship team because, you know, just, uh, I, I just I'm, I'm just humble. I'm just not about myself. Okay. You self-centered baby that's full of pride. That's okay. No, no, it's not pride, it's fear. Yeah, that's right. Guess where fear comes from? Pride. Right? So, so it's like, it, it, it's God has a plan for you, and here's the really cool thing. He made the plan for you. So everything that he has you do, guess what? You'll love it. Do you know that there's a good possibility you could be sitting here and you could be sitting here going, I would never do this. And it's only because your flesh ruled. Once you get down in your spirit and you get full of the word, you'll see, oh my gosh, I'm really not this way, I'm this way. Right? It's so funny. Um, There's a church that I attended, and the youth pastor uh, in the church, this was in Iowa, and... Uh, he got a position in a, in a church where I was a discipleship pastor, and his wife just was like, you know, that's his deal. Don't call me a pastor's wife. Don't do this. That's his deal. I'm just me, and I like to live privately, and I like to do this. And it was so fun watching that whole progression with her because she went from that position to just being a powerful minister the as the Lord helped her. So be encouraged by that because God will help you. Because see, one, when, when you're sensing something here but you're a little bit freaked out out here, don't worry about being freaked out out here. Follow peace here, right? And you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Hallelujah. Boy, I could talk about so much. Hmm. So he established a plan for you before you ever showed up. So here's the deal. So God planned for, he desires, and he accomplished salvation for every man. Now, that's man is, is man, and then there's male and female. So I'm talking about men and women. Every person who's ever been born, God plans salvation for them. God has predestined his children, we know this, to be victorious. This is the plan. God has no plans for you to go backwards, to walk in defeat. Now, if you, don't, if you, if you have options in your life, you might think you're going backwards when you're going forwards. But when you have given it up. And when you're all in, you'll know. Man, I feel like I'm going backwards, but I know I'm not going backwards because I'm just, I know I'm right where God wants me to be. 
And then all of a sudden you get catapulted. And all of a sudden you end up way beyond where you thought you might be. And you're like, wow, that was really cool. Right? Because I'm working with the Lord. God wants you to walk in victory. God wants you to win over sin. He wants you to always be victorious whenever trouble or persecution come into your life. Every time. This is the thing. When you walk with God, He will bring clarity to your life. He'll cause you to see things as they really are, not as they seem. God always leads His children. He never drives them. Right? Jesus is the great shepherd. He's not the great cowboy. Right? He doesn't have this electrical prod that when you decide, you know what, I'm not reading my Bible today, you just feel this jolt. No, he doesn't do that. You know who does that? Satan. But God doesn't do that. He leads you always. And God is not pleased when his children walk in confusion because confusion is not of him. He is Jehovah. He's the revealer. There is, the Bible says in the book of James, there is no variableness in him. There's no shadow of turning. There's not, you don't ever have to try to figure out what God is talking about. He will make it very clear to you all the time. This is huge. God wants you to know who you are walking with. He wants you to know him. God wants you to know that your life is dedicated, that your life is planned, and your life is committed to the purposes and to the ultimate plan that God has. You're a part of it. Isn't that amazing? I love that. What an honor. So just to remind you, we're talking about vision. So vision is a function of your heart, right? Just like your eyes, sight is a, a function of your eyes, Vision is a function of your heart. Vision comes from God. And when he gives you vision, it sets you free from the limitations of what you cannot see. See, it'll, see right now, we can see things in this natural realm, but when you walk in vision, you get set free from the limitations of that, and now you're able to see with your heart, which is unlimited. Right? We, we talked about that. In other words, vision makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Your future, as you've heard me say so many times, as a child of God, is not in front of you. It's within you. So what happens is as you're following the Lord, you're, walk, you're seeking first the kingdom, this is how he adds everything to you. It'll connect with you. All of a sudden, it's not just, you, do you know? You're not just to drive any car that you could afford. God wants you to connect with what's on the inside of you. Why? Well, some of your fruit might really like the type of car you drive and will be very much blessed whenever that car talks to them about how much God loves them or the house that you live in. Go look for a house. You could try to figure out where to live, but it's really nice when you walk in a house and you go, oh, this is our house. It's like when we walked in this building. 
you would have laughed. I mean, this, this was a little different looking place, right? I mean, if you like turquoise blue, every wall was turquoise blue, all the carpet was turquoise blue, all the framing on all the uh, windows were turquoise blue. If you, were, if you just wore an orange shirt, you could be a Miami Dolphin fan, you know? <laughs> In my office, I had a wonderful big picture of the leader of the Christian Science Church, you know? And uh, this was really interesting. So we had this big pulpit up here where two people could talk, and there was these two Star Trek-looking chairs behind it. And it was just, it was interesting. Nice yellow shag carpeting with a beautiful bright yellow pews that, that uh, you know, they were torn and you had like this pink some kind of material coming out of it. It, it was just, it was awesome, yeah. Um, you know, but when we walked in the building, we're just like, wow, they built this for us. That's really cool. Why? Because our future is within us. Everything is to connect with your heart. I love that. Vision, it is the key for you to see so that you could fulfill the plan that God has for your life. And always remember this, that vision comes only from God. Comes from Him. Right? And, and it comes from Him for the purpose of you seeing your purpose. So in other words, vision, it's seeing it in your heart so that you could begin to imagine it and ultimately walk out God's plan and purpose for your life. So I want to talk to you about five things you got to know to fulfill your vision. I don't know why I'm stuck on five. On Wednesday night, we were talking about the five steps to an effective prayer life. But there's five things that you got to know from the Word of God, and you have to have revelation knowledge of it. In other words, you could say there's five principles that are very important to fulfilling your vision. But really, again, we have to look at it as five steps because it's a progression. In order to get up these stairs, I would walk up these stairs one step at a time, right? So step number one, you have to realize that you have been given a vision from God. As you're sitting here today, if you're his child, you have a vision from God. You've been given vision. And vision, the vision that God's given you, it literally emanates out of the purpose that he has for you. It's really amazing. God is the author of this vision. God is purposeful. Always remember this. God is purposeful in everything that he does. He doesn't waste anything. You know, I, I just, uh, it was so funny when we were in Israel, you know, we're at this one beach where, uh, you know, Jesus, after his resurrection, I, they, they were fishing all night. They had all went back into their jobs, right, because Jesus is dead now. And so uh, they're out there fishing. They, they toiled all night, didn't catch anything, right? And uh, so could you imagine? They walked they walk for three and a half years with this guy full of faith, and now they still can't catch fish. Wow. All right? So then Jesus, he's on the beach and he's like, hey guys, uh, why don't you just throw the net on the other side of the boat, right? And, and the Bible says, I mean, could you, or he said, he, he was very specific, throw your net on the other side for a catch. And then I believe the number is 153 fish ran into that. Could you imagine the minute he said that, all these fish started coming towards that net. 
right? It was during the day. You don't really fish during the day because the fish can see the net, but didn't matter because when he said that, the fish started going for the net. 153 fish. Well, anytime, you know, anytime in the Bible when you see a number, when you see a phrase, 153, I wonder what that means. Well, the Hebrew language is a numerical code. Every letter has a numerical code. So this rabbi, I have a, I have a picture of it. He took a piece of paper for me, and, and I said, can you spell out what the number 153 would say? And so he, he took the, the number 153, and he spelled it out. And it spells out the word, I am Elohim. So even the amount of fish said to the guys in the boat, I am God. Isn't that amazing? God is not a hider. He's a revealer. you got to know that. He's purposeful in everything that he does. You look exactly the way that you're to look. Your personality the type of clothes you like to wear, your voice. I mean, my wife tells me, and people tell me this all the time, your voice is so soothing. I don't really know how to take that. I actually had somebody, and they were, they were saying, my wife teases me about it, but they actually said, you know, whenever I have trouble going to bed, I just, I just <laughs> listen to you. Praise God. Right now, people are probably falling asleep on, online, right? This is why... When you come to this church, if you fall asleep, we just tell you, we're never going to get down on you. We're just going to be like, no, don't worry, your spirit gets it, right? <laughs> God is a God of action based on purpose. Always has a purpose. He has a purpose for you. A very, every desire, why do you want to do what you do? What, why do you like to do this, Right? Why, why do you like to go to craft shows or hobby places or, or crochet or whatever, right? Well, that's a God thing. Everything about you, it, God's purposeful. And if you'll give it up and, and just submit to his will, he'll, he has a life for you that, that literally will cause you to walk out every desire that's in your heart. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Psalm 33, 11 says this. Psalm 33, 11. It says the counsel, this Hebrew word counsel is the Hebrew word that means plans. The counsel or the plans of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts, this Hebrew word means purposes. So it would read like this, the thoughts or the purposes of God's heart to all generations. Isaiah 14.24, for those taking notes, Isaiah 14.24 says, The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, or surely as I have planned, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. So that's number one, realize you got a vision. Number two, Step number two, realize that God created everything to fulfill a purpose. You have been created to fulfill a purpose. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says this. 
Ephesians 1, verse 4 and 5. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. See, God planned in advance all that you were to be born all that you were to be born to be, all that you were born to do, he already pre-planned all of it. And Ecclesiastes 3.1, it's a great scripture, Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. See, God has also determined a time for that purpose to be accomplished. And your time is now. It's right now. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. It's the season that you're on this earth. God has a plan for your life. So you must know the vision that is in your heart. Your purpose is to be fulfilled during the time of your life. So don't waste time. Step number three. This is a big one that I want to take a little time with. Realize your vision has been given to you to manifest and it has already been completed in eternity. So let me say this again. Realize that your vision has been given to you so that you could manifest it in the earth. Okay, that's the first part of it. Vision has been given to you so that you can manifest it in the earth. The second part of this step is, and it has already been completed in eternity. The purpose that God has for you has already been completed in eternity. In other words, he's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Everything that you will need in this life has already been prepared for you. It's already done. You have to realize if you start a business, when God leads you to start a business, it's already successful and done. And when you're in the midst of when it looks like it's not moving in the right direction... You can smile and go, oh no. No, the fact that this desire came up in my heart to do this proves that it's already done. It's already finished. Wow. See, you, gotta, you, have, to, you have to meditate on Scripture to get a revelation of that in your heart. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 is a great Scripture along these lines. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. The word says, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. And now he's going to tell in verse 11 how he is. He's the God declaring the end from the beginning. This word declare, declaring is the, uh, is the Hebrew word negad. N-A-G-A-D. It means he announces 
the end from the beginning. He manifests the end from standing at the beginning. He explains the end when he's at the beginning, right? He exposes, this Hebrew word means exposes, God exposes the end from the beginning. God stands at the beginning of something and he already manifests the end of it. As you walk with him, see, this is why when you believe you receive your healing, well, you've already seen. Oh no, I've seen the manifestation of it. Satan's like, well, why hasn't it manifested yet? Well, because you're spiritually dead. It's already manifested to me because I could see it. Yeah, but you don't know. No, 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 no. You don't feel. Look the way you feel. Oh, I don't. What does that have to do with anything? No, God redeemed me. It's done. He gave me that by his grace. I'm fully persuaded because I heard that and I reached out and I grabbed hold of it with my faith. So just, just hide and watch Satan. You'll, you'll see it manifested, but I already do. Because God manifests things. He, he, he manifests them while he's standing at the beginning of something. Is that making a little bit of sense? God finishes things first. Maybe this will make more sense. God finishes things first in the spirit realm and then goes back and starts them in the physical realm. He finished you before you were ever born. See, when God starts something in this earth realm, it is already finished in eternity. Oh, does Satan not want you to know that? Here's God's order of how he works. He tells us what the end of the matter is to be. Then he backs up and he begins the process of fulfilling that end. And we think, wow, that's, that's different. Really? So a builder will develop an idea and go to an architect and they'll do a drawing. Many times you go to a lot and there's nothing there. And there's this big picture of what they're going to build. They, they just don't go out and go, hey, okay, you know what? This is a great idea. Let's start building a building. Just go buy. What do I buy? Just go buy some stuff. No, no, no. Don't they, they, they lay it all out. That's what God did with you. He already finished you. In other words, purpose is established before production, the walking out of that purpose. In other words, God completed you before he created you. Isn't that, I mean, that's amazing. Colossians 2.10, what does it say? And you shall be complete in him? Nope. It says, and you are complete in him. He completed you before he created you. But because we don't know that, we still sing worship songs talking about how that we're broken. You're not broken. No, pastor, you don't understand. 
I've been sexually abused. I've been verbally abused. I've been emotionally abused. I've, I've been this. I've been that. I've been all this stuff. No, yes, I understand. But here is where that's at. All that scarring and all that stuff is in your mind. If you're born again, you've been made brand new. You have not a scar on you. And you've been set, or not set, you've been made free. Whoever the Son is made free is indeed free. And if you'll take his word, what he will do is now all this illusion of bondage and all these feelings and all this fear and all this stuff... Man, he will go down in your mind and uproot all of it so that you'll stand at the other side of it and go, I know that happened to me, but I can't feel the way it felt. I'm totally free. This is reality, guys. In other words, your birth is proof of your completion. Isn't that amazing? We have to understand his work in us. Instead of striving to fulfill what God has given you to do, you can rely on him to finish it as you allow him to guide you through the specifics of it. He's a master builder. He laid out everything. Do you know the reason why you love this church? This this was already laid out. So, and you just connected with it. And you're here and you're getting equipped, Amen. right? And you're growing. Why? God, God did that. You know, God's not going to plant you in a church where you just, every time you come, you're like, I can't even stand this guy's voice, <laughs> right? Do, do you know, there's a great Bible teacher. Now, he would laugh if he heard me say this. Andrew Womack. Great minister. I hardly ever listen to him. Hardly ever. Really, I can almost say never. I listen to him a little bit just because he says so many wonderful things. You know why? I just, his voice, man. It's just, it's, for me, I'm just like, right? It's just funny. But when God leads you, see, there'll be other people that will just go, oh, Andrew, It's just like he just washes over. Well, yeah. God prepares all this and it'll connect with you. Does that make sense? This is huge. This is why you must live by faith. You look forward with expectation for what God has already completed. If you don't, if you don't walk by faith, you're going to be moved by the circumstances that you see with your eyes instead of being moved by the vision that you see in your heart. This is why 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says it, while we look not at the things that we can see, but we do look at the things that we can't see because the things that we can see, what? They're temporal or changeable, but the things that we can't see, are they're not subject to change. Step number four, you must understand the key to recognizing your personal vision. This is the key. So here's the key that you got to understand. God's will is as close as the desires of your heart. 
God has put his plan for your life within your heart. And so what will happen is as you choose to put God's word in your heart, God's will, which is his word, comes into your heart in the form of his word, but it comes out of your heart in the form of desires. It's how it works. You've got to understand that. Desires are expressions of God's will for your life. That's why you've got to stay full, though. Because otherwise, you'll think, well, I desire this and desire it. Well, yeah, you desire it. But I'm talking about a desire of your heart. Psalm 37.4 is the key. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And God's purpose for you will never change. You haven't messed it up. It's still there. Your vision, this is a huge thing. Your vision possesses you. You don't possess your vision. So many people are trying to figure out and possess their vision. That's not how it works. Your vision possesses you. It's already there. Okay? We tend to look for God's will everywhere but within ourselves. We walk around trying to think, do I feel? Do I this? Do I that? That's dangerous. You can get out of place real quick. Well, you know, I'm coming to this church. Do you know every one of you? Everyone. I don't like saying this, but it's true. Everyone will be tempted to leave. Make sure it's God. Well, I just don't feel like I connect. I just, you know, I just, I, I, here's a good one. I, you know, I just, I've heard Pastor Tony say all that before. I, I've got everything, and now God needs to move me on to deeper things. And, and, this, and, and see, what's wrong with all of this is it's all about you. So if you're all about you, you won't know if you're supposed to leave or not. But if you're not about you, then you'll know. And, and then, man, when you leave, you'll go to the right place, and you'll advance. Because God has no, no plans for you to go backwards. So don't look for God's will everywhere outside. Look for it inside. We look to men to prophesy over us so that we can know God's will for our life. But a prophet can confirm your vision, but they cannot give you vision. You, gotta, you have to have that in balance. Step number five. Okay, now your stomach's curse going, okay, we're going to make it. We're going to beat the Baptist to the buffet, right? Step number five, realize that vision is both personal and corporate. Personal vision is always found within and connected to a larger corporate vision. This larger corporate vision stirs the personal vision. God's method is to give vision to an individual who will share it with people that God brings to him so that that vision will be fulfilled. The group will run with the vision because they find in that vision a place for their own personal visions to be walked out. 
Could it be that your financial life would be better if you started greeting at the front door of your church or vacuuming or taking care of babies or, or getting involved in children's ministry? Yeah. It's the way the whole thing works. Many people are needed to fulfill a vision. See, why do I say that? Because God will never call you to do anything for yourself or by yourself. The joy of God's plan for personal and corporate vision is that nothing that we're born to do is for ourselves or by ourselves. So here are the five, for those of you note takers. Number one, realize you've been given a vision. Realize that you've been given a vision. Number two, realize that God created everything to fulfill a purpose. Realize that God created everything to fulfill a purpose. Step number three, realize your vision has been given to you to manifest it. And it has already been completed in eternity. Realize that your vision has been given to you to manifest it. And it has already been completed in eternity. Number four, step four. We must understand the key to recognizing personal vision. Right? And that key, the key is... It's tied to the desires of your heart. Step number five, realize that vision is both personal and corporate. So many people want to go do their own thing. So many people want their own ministry. And it's, it's based out of a lack of spiritual maturity. They just don't want anybody to tell them what to do. And then they get out there and it never works. That's, that's not fun. Whatever God has for you to do, it will be fresh, it'll be fruit-bearing, it'll be fun, and it'll increase always. Amen?